In the Bible, there's a wee little story from a wee little corner of the world about a man who was, well, vertically challenged. I bet you may even know his name. Our buddy Zach was so short that he would make our East Point Andre look like Andre the Giant. <laughs> if Skilo would have been around back then, maybe our buddy Zach's favorite song would have been, I wish I was a little bit taller. But you know what else old Zach was short on? He was short on integrity. You see, he was a tax collector when basically back then was a cross between working for the IRS and working for the Mafia at the same time. He didn't go through 1099s and W-2s as much as you just got as much out of people as you possibly could through means of extortion. If Zach had wee little man syndrome, he took it out every day on people like you and me through tax collection. He was hated. If you're trying to picture what Zach might look like today, don't picture him as a pen pusher at the IRS. You'd better picture him instead as someone who ripped you off and laughed in your face about it. Someone who used their power or influence in a way that cost you dearly. Someone who would take your last penny only to pad the millions they already had in their retirement accounts. If you want to picture who your Zach might be, picture the person in your life who makes you burn with anger. Do you see them? While Zach was a short man who was short on integrity, he was not short on cash. In the Bible story of him in Luke 19, we read that Zach was stacked with cash. And when Luke says someone is rich, it ain't no compliment. Just a chapter before, we read about a rich young ruler who was trying to find his way into heaven. And Jesus said, it's easy but there's just one wee little thing that you need to do. Go give away all you have to the poor, and then come follow me. Well, that was more than just a wee little problem for the rich man, so he walked away. Then as Jesus was coming into Jericho, you know, the place where the walls were known to come tumbling down, a poor blind beggar heard he was coming and cried out for mercy. And Jesus healed him. This was no wee little miracle. In his gospel, caring for the poor and calling the rich to repent is no wee little issue for Luke. So you would think that our buddy Zach is in a world of trouble. The way he extorted everyone, including the poor, would certainly incur the wrath of Jesus. So here's the scene. Dr. Luke tells us that Jesus was getting ready to pass through Jericho. But mind you, Jesus doesn't just pass through places the way that you or I do. He does things a wee bit differently. 
you'd agree that we do our best not to get slowed up or to get distracted. But if Jesus were around today, he would probably see traffic jams as opportunities rather than problems. Long checkout lines or delayed flights, those would be little more than weave opportunities for Jesus to do his greatest work. What if that slowdown or bottleneck that frustrates you the most is the place where Jesus wants you to do your greatest work? Let's face it, our hustle and our hurry is no wee little problem. It keeps us from seeing the people that Jesus wants us to see the most. Can you picture it? As Jesus comes into the town where his namesake Joshua once marched around the walls, there was more than just a wee little gathering of people. The good book tells us that there was a crowd. And this is no secondary detail in Scripture. The crowd is an indicator of several things. One is that something special is about to happen. Let's face it, whether we like crowds or not, they always get our attention, don't they? But there's something else the storyteller wants us to do. He wants us to picture ourselves in the crowd. You see, this is not merely a story that we are to hear this is a story that we are invited to see ourselves inside of. Can you see yourself in the crowd that day? But back to our wee little friend. Zach was trying to see Jesus, but there's just one wee little problem. Well, maybe more than just one problem. First, there's the crowd. Second, the crowd doesn't like him. Third, he's short. We've all sat behind the tall guy at the game or the concert or the movie, and we know how tough it is to see from behind the crowd, don't we? Some of you have sat behind me in church and say amen to that. There is a wee little detail here that I would be foolish to overlook, and that is if we are to see ourselves as the crowd in this story then it isn't just Zach's problem anymore, is it? It's also our problem. The reality is that the crowd is blocking someone's view of Jesus. I wonder if the same thing may be said of us. Maybe it's like the guy in the row of the airplane ahead of you that somehow makes his seat lie completely flat while you can't get yours to move more than two degrees, and he's in your lap for the entire trip. Either he doesn't notice you're there, or he just doesn't care. There have been times in my life where I regretfully have done both. Times I have failed to notice the people behind me, and like Johnny Cash, I was, up, was so heavenly-minded I was no earthly good. What would it take for me to notice the wee little people behind me and welcome them in front because when you let someone stand in front of you so that they can see Jesus, the irony is, is that your second row view of the Savior somehow becomes a front row view. Or maybe even 
a backstage pass. Who is the wee little that you need to notice today? But there's this other scenario that the crowd knows exactly who Zach is, and their hatred for him is so great that they don't want him to see the one who can heal him. I wonder who you have written off as such a wee little person that they are somehow unworthy to see Jesus, the one who could save them. But our wee little friend Zach wanted to see Jesus so badly that he ran as fast as his short little legs could carry him until he saw a huge tree in front of him. Let's be honest, being a wee little man, this is not the first time that Zach had ever scaled a tree. And there in the middle of the massive leaves of the sycamore, he hoped to see a man that could just maybe open his eyes to see a new reality. Maybe you could even think and say that Zach was between trapezes. He was up in the air with nothing to hold on to but a branch. All he wanted was just one wee little glimpse of the man who he had heard so much about. But Zach got so much more than he ever would have imagined in his wildest dreams. There's this song that we used to teach kids uh, about. Um, they used to teach us as kids about Zach back when I was growing up in Illinois. I'm not sure if you've ever heard it or not, but in one part, this song, maybe you know it, it says, And as the Savior passed that way, He looked up in the tree. So the man who would do anything to see Jesus somehow got something so much more than he ever bargained for. The Savior saw him. I've often wondered how the different disciples thought when Jesus saw people that no one else seemed to want to see and responded to them. It's pure speculation on my part, but I wonder how Matthew, you know, the disciple formerly known as Levi, who was a former tax collector, I wonder how he saw Zach. I wonder if he saw him, forgot about his old self, and said, Jesus, don't waste your time on that guy. And maybe Jesus would have replied, really, Matthew? Because we know Jesus could be a bit sarcastic. Or maybe Jesus would have let Matthew be the one to see Zach first and let Matthew say, hey, hey, Jesus, you see that wee little guy up there in that great big tree? How about we give him a shot? He looks like someone who needs you. Well, we don't know any of that, but what we would be wise to ask ourselves is, what do we think when we see the wee little ones who were just like we used to be? Are we quick to condemn? Or are we quick to see them in them what only Jesus sees in them? 
What if the person you think is the furthest from God is really just waiting for you to see that all this time they've really been looking for him and they're just waiting for you to notice? But let's get back to our wee little story. Zach is literally up in a tree looking down on God. Wrap your mind around that for a minute. The only way anyone can physically look down on God is if God decided to step down from heaven and get his feet dirty. And that's just exactly what he was doing in that Judean dirt that day. Jesus looks up in the tree and he calls Zach by name. That old kid's song almost makes it seem like Jesus is scolding Zach, doesn't it? You come down! But Jesus actually tells him in the Bible to hurry down. Which is something no mother would ever tell her kid who's up climbing in a huge tree to do, would she? She would probably say, if it was Zach's mother, be careful! But Jesus is not inviting Zach to be careful. He's inviting him to carelessly drop everything and follow him. And that's the same invitation that he gave to us. In no wee little manner, Jesus invites himself to Zach's home which was ordinarily a big, lonely home. But instead, today, there's a party going on. And the creator of the universe has chosen to dine with this wee little man. And the crowd rejoices for the sinful tax collector, Zach, has come home. Right? No. They complain that Jesus is now dining with sinners. Well, they weren't wrong, you know. I wonder who it is that you can reach out to in no wee little manner this week in such a way that you can infuriate the crowds of religious folks and yet in doing so make heaven rejoice. While the rich young ruler in the last chapter was turned off by Jesus' command to sell everything and give it to the poor, our buddy Zach volunteers to give half of everything he has to the poor and to pay back anyone he has extorted four times what he took from them, a rate that makes even payday loan shops blush. And Jesus said, Zach, today's salvation has come to your house. It's just a wee little story. And yet it has stood longer than the walls of Jericho. There's something I have to remember about this story, though, is that even though I'm six foot four inches tall, this story might as well be about me. I might as well just sing Dustin was a wee little man. 
How about you? Can you sing yourself into this story? Because at the end of the day, it's not the trees that we climb to see Jesus that matters. It's the tree that he climbed to save us that makes all the difference. Of all the wee little details in this story, the greatest one to remember is that God's love is not a wee little kind of love. He sees you no matter where you are. And he calls you by name. He invites you to his table with an acceptance that is so unfathomable, it's offensive. He offers you the salvation that you could never give yourself. And he sends you out to share that love that you have received with every man, woman, and child who is looking for just a glimpse of the Savior, not yet knowing that he already sees them and knows them by name. Friends, that's a song that we would be wise to never forget. That's a song that we should be singing to every wee little person in this world. Jesus, somehow you see us through the leaves. You see us, as Paul said, while we're still sinners. And yet, rather holding that sin against us, you take that sin on your shoulders. And Jesus, we confess to you that so often we can be hypocrites who forget the forgiveness we've been offered. We can forget that we too are we little men and women. But Jesus, because of your grace, you have seen us, you've called us by name, you've redeemed us, you have sent us out to be your hands and feet and your messengers. That you have stepped down from heaven. You have walked this earth. That you were not afraid to get your feet dirty so that you could make us whiter than snow. That you would completely remove our sins. Jesus, give us your eyes to see the Zacchaeuses in the trees. Give us eyes to see those who are standing behind us in the crowd just looking for a glimpse. And to welcome them up front with the same kind of welcome that you gave Zacchaeus and that you have given to us. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.